Hello, everyone. It's a very excited Tom Clarkson here because it's day five of 30 Days of Beyond the Grid, and we now have exactly one month until the first race of the season in Bahrain. I really cannot wait to see who can take the fight to Red Bull this season. McLaren certainly seemed to be the strongest contender at the end of 2023, and we've seen how happy their CEO Zach Brown was when they scored multiple podiums last year. So imagine what his celebrations will look like if they win a race or the title. Now, Zach's been a McLaren fan his whole life, but did you know he used to be a racer himself with dreams of becoming a Formula One driver? And those dreams began at the very first race he attended, the Long Beach Grand Prix back in 1981. In the race program, there was an ad for Jim Hall Kart Racing School. I had been on Wheel of Fortune a few years uh, before. On, Hang on, what's that? What's Wheel of Wheel of Fortune? Fortune is this um, game show in a TV in game T- show. TV oh, game I think we show. had it in the UK. Yeah, maybe. And um, Hang on, stop. how did you end up on Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> so we um, they came around to school. It was Teen Week, so they would do once a year teens. And um, my buddy at the time, Amani Smith, I remember like it was yesterday. Said, "Let's go try out to be on the show." They would go around to the different schools. And um, it's like uh, Hangman is the, is, is the game. You know, you kind of give me a letter A, B, et cetera. And um, went through quite a few rounds. Uh, it's quite a big process. And then they ultimately call you after you go through about three or four rounds if you're going to get on. And I got on and I won the first two rounds and got a bunch of Cartier watches and um, <laughs> Apple computer. So then when I saw the, the ad, I went and sold all that stuff and paid for myself to go to the kart racing school and to get a, get a cart. And that's what got me, into, uh, got me into racing. And how successful were you karting? In karting, I was good. Maybe as as good as I was ever going to get. Uh, but in karting, I, was, I, I, I won a lot. And how big a deal was it then to come to Europe? Oh, it was... And why did you come to you? Why didn't you stay in the States? Uh, I wanted to race Formula One. You know, I thought that was where... Um, Skip Barber Racing School? I did Skip Barber Racing School at Bridgehampton, which is now condominiums, I believe. <laughs> and uh, I raced in carts against uh, Richie Hearn, who went on to do Indy cars. Kevin Harvick, who's still racing uh, NASCAR. So that was kind of my karting uh, era. And then in Formula Three, I was against uh, Dario Franchitti and... Helio Castro Neves. Um, so that's British Formula 3. British Formula 3. And actually, three. I, Zach, I did look it up. And you, you also raced against Fisichella. And you raced against Jano Trulli. And then, Do you remember these guys? Do you remember racing these yeah, guys? Yeah, and uh, Jos Verstappen. So, I mean, the fastest guys, Kevin Magnus, uh, not Kevin, Jan. Uh, yeah. So now I'm um, the fastest guys I ever raced against. And at the time, they were unbelievable. Montoya destroyed all of us. Kenny Breck. That was in Barber Saab. I remember when Montoya won in Miami. Everyone said he was the next Senna, and no one knew who he was, but he was awesome. Jos Verstappen was extremely uh, quick. I raced against him in uh, Opel Lotus. I remember Dario coming into my motorhome. He was buddies with my uh, teammate, a guy named J- uh, Johnny uh, Molum. And Magnussen had broken Senna's record that year. And Dario won, I think, the first race of the year. And then Magnussen won the next 13. So this is the 1994 British Formula 3 championship. And I remember Dario coming in going, you know, I can't beat Jan. He's destroyed me. My career's over. You know, all that. And he's gone on to have a pretty damn good career. And then used to um, work out. Uh, I remember when David Coulthard, there was this kind of racing club, and I didn't know David. He was kind of a 
the superstar in Formula 3000. But I remember when his deal, he thought, had fallen apart with uh, Jackie Stewart in Formula 3000. He thought his career was over. So it was... Uh, it was funny and uh, great guys and great, well, most of them are great guys. Um, <laughs> Zach, did you enjoy living in England as a racing driver? Is this when you were in Sheffield or? Yeah, I started in East Sussex, Heathfield. Um, and then when I moved out, the population was, was halved because it had like one high street. Um, <laughs> but did you have contacts in the UK? So when you no, first came over, what no. happened? You got off the plane got, and... Got, got off the plane and uh, where I met Richard Dean was at uh, Jim Russell Racing School. And then they had like a, I don't want to call it a world finals, but a, a year end thing. And I won that. And he was my uh, instructor. I then got a deal, and I don't even remember how it came about with Eagle Racing. And they were down south and... Uh, they went bust, so I started the season, and Richard said, well, come sleep on my sister's living room floor, which I did in, in Sheffield on an air mattress, and then he just took me under his wings. Uh, he was racing Formula 3000 at the time, and uh, he got me the gig to go work at Jim Russell Racing School, and yeah, there were some great times uh, we, we had, so I absolutely loved it, and that's why I came back, and I've been here uh, for eight years now, and I consider England very much home. And at what point did the penny start to drop that you maybe were better at bringing in the money than delivering the laptop? Am I being harsh? I don't mean... No, no, no. <laughs> I, well, I heard that through my whole driving career, and at the time, <laughs> it... Um, it pissed you off a lot because I want, you know, doing the deals was all about just giving myself the opportunity to continue to race. I think it was probably about 98 when I figured out I'm not going to be good enough to get to where I want to go. Which was where? I was in America then in uh, Toyota Atlantic. And um, I think that was when the, 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 even though I'd been hearing it, because when you're raising money, the racing industry would much rather you raise the money than you race. So I, I started hearing pretty early on, 95, 96, you should do this marketing stuff and give up racing, but I didn't want to hear it. 98, I think I started to recognize I wasn't going to be good enough. And then I did my last two years with Porsche in 99 and 2000. And I wasn't happy in 99 and then 2000. I, I just didn't want to go to the racetrack. So I think it actually helped kind of burning out because it made it easier to walk away as opposed to being, well, maybe a show. I mean, I was by 2000. I didn't want to see a a race car again. And um, then my business took off because I could really focus on it. And then I got back in a race car for the first time in uh, 06. But at that point, it was just for, for fun. And I've actually enjoyed racing more now because I don't have anything to prove and I'm not doing it for a living. So now I enjoy my racing more than when I did it in the 90s. Zach was decent in a racing car, but his career since then has been stunning. His wide-ranging skill set in motorsports business and commercial worlds has been a massive factor in McLaren's transformation since his appointment as CEO back in 2018. He's a real character in the paddock, and I can't wait to see his pit wall celebrations if McLaren return to the top step of the podium this year. Well, that's day five completed, and please keep your eyes peeled on the Beyond the Grid feed because we've got some more treats coming your way over the weekend. Have a good one. Formula One is the greatest sport in the world. But there can be a lot to understand. Don't worry, we're here to help. I'm Katie Osborne. This is Christian Hugill. And welcome 
to F1 Explains. This is the official F1 podcast about how the sport really works. The drivers, the cars, the rules, the words, the risk takers, late breakers, and history makers that amaze and inspire us every race weekend. Hit like, follow, or subscribe for new episodes every Friday as we answer your questions about F1 with the help of some very special guests. Oscar Piastri, welcome for your debut on F1 Explains. Thank you, thanks for having me. Double World Champion Nika Hakkinen, welcome to F1 Explains. That they could make up what the what are you doing, man? <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? And by your side, a woman whose race strategy once made Sergio Perez cry. It's important for me to say tears of joy. Welcome back, Bernie Collins. Thank you so much. You've just not heard the crying ones from losing the race. <laughs> Susie Wolf joining us here on F1 Explains. What a joy to have you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me, Christian Hugel and Katie Osborne on the stage is Formula One legend David Coulthard. We'll be here across the 2024 season with current drivers and legends of the sport. Plus, insights and explanations from people you don't usually get to hear from, the unseen experts who are essential to Formula One. We need your question to put to our experts. Are you F1 Explains? <laughs> we are. I love your podcast. I love F1 Explains. <laughs> Christian Hugo. Oh, my God. And Katie Osborne. Katie Osborne. Record it as a voice note on your phone, or you can write it in an email and send it to F1Explains at F1.com. Just search for F1Explains wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll speak to you soon. (laughs) 